Listening to the Voice of Islam Radio. Broadcasting on DAB and via the internet 24 hours a day. Peace be upon you, and welcome to this week's edition to Pathway to Peace, a show which takes an analytical look at the current issues and trends affecting us all, trying to find the answers to problems that affect our political peace, economic peace, social peace, and perhaps the noblest of them all inner peace. This week we'll be focusing on attaining inner peace. In an article published in the Guardian News website back on the 5th of August entitled Have Your Parents Messed You Up? and three other key questions to help you regain control of your life. The article self-analyses the times when we feel as though we're not in control of our thoughts and actions. For those that pour themselves a drink when they promised they would give it up or fall back into the trap of smoking cigarettes which they tried so hard to quit. The article suggests that we can at times struggle to think clearly and to understand our decisions or predict our actions. A little cognitive chaos is a human trait and many factors shape the way we think. Genes and personality play a role, but so do fleeting states such as hunger, tiredness, hate or love. And the less we understand these and other emotions, the more likely we are to be driven by them. The article carries on to state that our brains are hardwired to conserve energy and take shortcuts, and this sometimes leads to thinking that is biased, lazy and gullible. We are swayed by friends and neighbours, by advertising and social media, by the food, drinks and drugs we consume, and even by the microorganisms in our gut. Luckily, we're not powerless, as the article states, by recognising these factors and understanding how they hijack our minds We can think more clearly and improve our relationships, unlock our potential and live better lives. That's why this week's programme is titled Nature versus Nurture. What factors help us to regain control of our life? My name's Kareem Anwar and I'm your host for today's programme. With me in the studio to to attempt to dissect this topic and present the Islamic perspectives on the issues discussed is fellow Pathway to Peace presenter Shams Najim. So... Assalamu alaikum, Shams. Um, thanks for coming on. Yeah, um, pleasure as always. Well, particularly after, well, at well, uh, the time of this show is going to, to be broadcast, it was the annual, the Jalta Salana, um, just over a week ago. Um, and I guess we're still having a bit of a come down from, from that. You know, we're sort of in, in cloud nine for a bit. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think, um, <coughs> well, for our, for our listeners, it's sort of the annual flagship event yeah. for our community where. Um, which which hasn't which we haven't actually had at, at a full scale for for a few years now That's due right. to due to COVID and yeah definitely. Um, but there was I mean yeah you, you could be argued you're right because it hadn't, we hadn't had such a the full scale event but there was something electric about it. Yeah. I mean is you know no no one could deny that and I, and and in all honesty it was the fact that. For week upon week, we've been seeing the the Khalifa of the Amdi um, Muslim community, Hazrat Mizan Rasul Ahmed, essentially through through TV. Um, you know, through obviously the, the the Friday sermons that are played and various other programs, but it's it's all televised. And I guess being there in person with your eyes, 
essentially and seeing someone even though at a distance yeah yeah i mean what can i say has it, a different effect it does it, it, it as the saying goes it brings a coolness yeah. to your eyes oh, absolutely and i think maybe 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 linking it to this show you know it's um it's sort of a creates that social peace you, you yes. meet others uh your brothers um you spend time with people and it just lifts you doesn't it just yeah. um uh, absolutely. Gives you a boost. Uh, uh, absolutely. I mean, I know we've done. This is <laughs> although this this sounds like it's going to be a Jalsa special, but it's not, yeah. it's not, this show has got nothing to do with Jalsa Solana. But I think we're just still in that frame of mind. I think, and we're just uh, we're finding it hard to let go. But but you're right. I suppose kind of linking it to to this show, there is a sense of you know you're, the the fact of sort of meeting so many old friends making new friends um it, it, it there's something to be said about sort of charging the batteries that that's for sure and it, uh, yeah and it's it's not just it's not just our community that that feels it workers external workers yeah. that come there yeah um they they're often shocked by the brotherhood yeah well firstly they're often shocked that um you know, a lot of guys are volunteering, guys and, and, and women, men and women are volunteering yeah. rather than getting paid. Yeah. But um, yeah. again, that's another spiritual boost for us, which maybe we'll touch upon later, yeah. you know, um, how sort of finance has swayed our lives more so yeah. these days. But outside of that, it's, yeah, you know, I, I remember growing up, going there um, to the event like uh, a week before yeah. um, helping set up and staying there and yeah. you know sleeping over and yeah. you're with your friends brothers um, and it's just yeah you're you're praying together you're laughing joking together and it's just yeah. uh, you know a few days that really do create yeah. memories yeah. Um, it, that, yeah. and it just lifts you doesn't it if you're if you're well yeah. s- you know if you're if you're going through a period in your life where things are a bit difficult and you yeah go to that these type of gatherings where you know everyone's getting together and yeah. you're there for sort of morally and spiritually uplifting yourself and it really does help yeah um yeah yeah, yeah. i know i know <laughs> we could spend the whole hour talking about yeah, this of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but this show is actually focusing on um well, it's, it's when we were sort of looking for, for sort of topics this one caught my eye this was quite interesting it was an article published on the guardian website um uh, now the title's a bit misleading I have to admit the title is have your parents messed you up and three other key questions to help you regain control of your life an article by Miriam Frankel and Matt Warren um, published on the f- uh, Friday the 5th of August uh, of this year um, <clears throat> now <clears throat> I have to admit I think I think the, the first line about have your parents messed you up was probably a little bit of clickbait mm. the article does talk about it um, <clears throat> sorry um, but um but I think it's it looks at sort of the hereditary sort of aspect, and and that, and that is interesting, and we, and we will definitely touch upon that. But if I just sort of give a very quick summary, but we are going to go into a lot more depth of this article because it's, I think I think it's quite interesting the points the article raises uh, vis-a-vis sort of Islamic sort of viewpoint on things. Um, <clears throat> so there's, obviously there's a, there's an element of sort of parental sort of influence. That was one question. It mentions three other questions. And and just sort of a, just to give a headline, those questions were around: Are we sort of creatures of habit? <clears throat> How that can affect us. Second question was: Are you stuck in the past? And uh, and and then the third question was: Are you an addict? And that 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 I mean I know we've spoken about that as sort of we've done shows just on that alone. So that that is quite a big area that we want to sort of tackle today. Um, but um, yeah, we'll, we'll take it from the top really in terms mm. of. <clears throat> the way uh, the, the, this first question. So, 
how, what the article sort of says around this about are, are you a creature of habit it says to think well we must understand how our habits affect us if you're impulsive or struggle with uncertainty adding a little more routine to your life can create space for careful thinking and useful habits can be encouraged by the use of cues such as putting your jogging bottoms by the bed at night to help trigger a regular morning run conversely um, the article says if you always seem to be on autopilot trying to break some habits and inject unfamiliar experiences into your life changing your environment can help if you always snack at your desk for example change desks it may be enough to remove the snacking cue it says ultimately we should all avoid constantly doing the same things and talking to the same people all the time even if that feels comfortable seek out new hobbies make friends with people you wouldn't normally talk to often when we encounter something new rather than relying on the same old routines habits and echo chambers we can challenge our thinking and gain a deeper understanding of the world now i think that's just in some ways that just kind of links onto what we talked about jalsa mm. that's probably why we find it so I don't even say fast it's more than fascinating it's it is it is a so it is a lived experience and that just shows how just the nature of who we are as as humans we crave that that sort of social contact don't we I find these um I find these articles uh interesting cuz I I I was reading through it and it was you know when I was when I was you know reading through the bits of yeah. you know do you do you like regularity and mm. this and that I was saying you know I was talking to myself saying actually no I'm probably not a creature of habit I like I like change oh interesting but then but then the, then, then the article goes and tells you that even that's not yeah. always the best thing because then you can't you can't settle on something so either way yeah. it's, it's one of those reads that it's pretty you know, no exactly yeah. and, and this is why I liked it and I think it's, it's interesting that you say that that you are you know you you, you like change you like change and i'll be honest and i'm the complete opposite i i am i am a, i am a creature of habit yeah. who sticks to their routines and but it just shows that um you know you sort of you need that middle ground it's so true i've yeah. i've got a really good friend of mine who who is yeah very much a creature of habit he has yeah. to have yeah sort of bordering onto sort of the ocd realm. Yeah. Yeah. like he has to have things set in a very yeah in a very set way yeah um and he has to follow that sort of um routine yeah whereas i'm quite the opposite and yet we see flaws in both of yeah. our styles of sort of how, yeah. how we are yeah um because sometimes he'll find it difficult to maybe be a bit spontaneous yeah whereas i may find it difficult to I don't know get things done because I'm always yeah. on to the next or changing things or, or thinking you know and so yeah again there's there's you yeah. can see flaws in sort of both those styles uh, absolutely. and you're right there's the middle ground that and, and 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 this and this is where this is where the beauty of Islam comes in yeah. that it is it, it's teaching is very much based on that middle ground it 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 it, it truly sort of it well as Muslims, we believe the Holy Quran is it is the literal word of God, and if it's the literal word of God, who who essentially created us, you know, um, he knows our innermost thoughts. The, the you know he, how, what can I say? He knows how we tick, and so the Quran at times, you know, people, it, you know, it's a travesty where those who are not sort of well versed with the Quran who haven't really read it, and obviously just go by obviously the, the sort of the bias in, in the media and, and all that, you know. When they think that the Quran, and they just think that all they think is Sharia law, but but the Quran is almost like a manual of 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 psychology, yeah, as absolutely. well as sociology. You know, it, it talks about these aspects, 
Um, and so, and I and I, and there's and there's just a, on this on this particular question then. So I think it's quite interesting how within Islam, it, on the one side, it does build in this sort of routine, and mm. we take for example the five daily prayers. <coughs> that certainly is, um, th- th- you know that it all, you know if you talk about sort of better sort of time management or just just general you know well-being in life that really is the secret to success yeah? and and it gets a lot deeper than that doesn't it because the timings behind these prayers yeah um and the link between the physical and spiritual mm. um you know even even if we go into sort of well we can't because i don't have the knowledge but you know if you go into the science behind waking up super early yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, regularly and what that does for your fitness yes. um yeah. and and the benefits that has for you know people with heart conditions and so on and so forth yeah. there's a there's a massive link in the teachings of islam yeah. to the actual benefits you get physically and spiritually so yeah. um yeah absolutely those the routine, uh, the regularity, and, yeah. and and the way things are supposed to be done in their set yeah. time and set order is, yeah. is is amazing because there's benefits that we we probably still don't know exist due uh, to it uh, for sure. And but this just shows, you know, people will argue that oh, but you're being biased because you are Muslims. But the, when you look at the, that, the, just that the, the the teaching of the five daily prayers, at, you know, at its sort of prescribed times and the movements. Prayer is such an aspect which it's found in all religions, uh, and uh, and the and the thing is, you could almost you can almost pinpoint sort of elements of various postures. So there may be some faiths that, mm. for example, they maybe just raise their hands and that's it. There may be some faiths that are just sort of on prostration. And, but the, the the prayer that has been that was taught to us by the founder of, of Islam, the Holy Prophet, peace be some blessing of God be upon him. It sort of that you it feels as if there's a there's a so there's been like a summit of of, of evolution there. Of which, you know, spirituality has reached its its pinnacle, and Islam is that pinnacle, and mm. and so, yeah, it's just you know we, we see the same thing with fasting, don't we? And we yeah. we we, we yeah. do the sh- we do a show on it every year, where yeah. you know nowadays we we see that you know society has become sort of health like fanatical about yeah. health and fitness and stuff, yeah. and one of the key components in living a healthy life nowadays seems to be. An element of fasting yeah. within your diet and which, your lifestyle. Which, which you think about it, and that in, in some ways is an example of where it breaks up the routine, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Exactly, um, and the benefits behind that, right? Like the five-two diet, or, yeah. or or just fasting for large periods of the day, and what that can do, yeah. um, and even eating habits like not 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 filling your sort of stomach, yeah. and like these things. These are guidance the guidance that we get from Islam that we, yeah. when 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 we make the link. Yeah. To actual, you know, the, our day-to-day living and and society and the benefits it has, we we're always sort of yeah look back and we're kind of shocked. We're yeah. like, wow, actually, fifteen hundred years ago, it, this was told two steps ahead, right? That's, That's it. Yeah, you know, you know. We, so we were just talking about sort of, you know, how there are some elements within Islamic practices which do rely on sort of that habit, but at the same time, there are elements within Islam which sort of. You know, for I guess for people like myself who who are just so steeped in in sort of you know just habits and 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 and, and, and Islam sort of teaches you to know there are there are you know get out there essentially you know break up you know, to to become a better person you know try try something new as well and and what I'm what I'm sort of alluding to is <clears throat> there's a particular verse in the Quran which comes from chapter twenty nine verse twenty one uh, which states uh, the verse states say travel in the earth mm. and see how he as in god originated the creation then will god create the latter creation 
surely God has power over all things. This is just one example, but there are actually numerous verses in the Quran, <clears throat> talk, I've, I've seen at least four, which gives this instruction. It's a natural instruction, yeah, saying travel in the earth. And so, <clears throat> I mean, what beautiful example where God is basically saying explore, mm. you know, don't just be sort of cooped up in your homes, you know, that sort of in, in that sort of rut, um, but travel and, and explore. Um, and and I, I said, I definitely need to learn from that because I'm just someone who's just stuck within the M25. But, you know, that is, um, it's a fabulous teaching, you know, that if, if, if you can afford to, then, then, then do travel. And, and I, th- I, th- I think, the un- you know, <clears throat> meeting new people, yeah. different people, um, again, I, I'll link it back to Jelsa, like yeah. you, to, to our sort of convention, people that you meet once a year, yeah. you go outside of your circle yeah. um, and you go and speak to different people, you understand different people. And it, and it does actually, you know, you may not notice it consciously, yeah. but it does actually allow you to live a healthier life in the sense that you begin to understand yeah. how others live. Yeah. And, and by traveling the world, you may you may see people who are w- far more wealthy than you and you may see people who are far, yeah. you know, um, ridden in poverty. And it, it, it just begins to give you an understanding exactly. um, of, of sort of what reality really is and not yeah. just your own sort of... Yeah. Um, and I think it, it was this article where I read, um, yeah, this, this very article we're talking about, it's like, you know, even at work, like, try and get into a habit of going up to random people yeah. and, and speaking to them yeah. and... All that does is really broaden your understanding of things, right? And, and I'll link it back to society. We <clears throat> we often see groups um, of people or youth growing up in an, in a specific area, and they yeah. don't really venture out, no, and right. and sort of they they're, they're closed in. And this, right. like, let's say for example, an, an, an estate, and and yeah. they're around like-minded people, and and yeah. sometimes you know it's not their fault, but they're living below the poverty line and they don't necessarily get to have access to people who are outside of that poverty line but sometimes it's when you meet people who are doing well you begin to understand ways of being able to do well so it's actually a benefit to you begin to realize how you can change your life how you can improve your life but just staying within your circle and not and 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 that's why islam does you know put emphasis on, on getting to know one another and yeah. getting to know each other's differences and accepting those differences and living together yeah. in a society with differences but peacefully the f- you know it's sort of you, you made me think about the fact how if you look at the way sort of various um, practices within Islam where we have sort of the five daily prayers so at the very least you'll be meeting people you know it, it, it's actively encouraged you know to, to, to actually it's more blessing to pray in congregation, you know. So implying well, you are, as a, as a, as a consequence, you're going to meet people. So at least five times a day you're meeting people, um, and then we move on to the next sort of you know aspect of Islam, where the Friday prayer holds a very very high sort of status, um, it almost akin to sort of a, a sort of a I don't it's a crude term, but it's, it's almost like a mini Eid. In, you know, it's such mm. as the status of Friday. So so you can imagine once at least once a week. You're sort of meeting the people of that sort of that locality, you know. Mm. Your sort of that circle gets a bit bigger, and then and then we have sort of twice a year um, the, the the after the festivals of Eid, uh, which sort of even that sort of the, the circles that come to that are even larger, maybe the, sort of the town, um, and then sort of the, the pinnacle. Then I guess is Hajj, where at least at least once in one's lifetime, if one is able to, um, you know, to 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 come to congregate to a place which is it's the, the epicenter. It's where it's, it's completely global. There's a global aspect to it. Um, 
So it, and and so I mentioned this because so there are various uh, kind of opportunities to meet people, whereas that one opportunity and 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 once again this just shows how Islam is sort of down the middle path basically take the balanced approach. There is. There is room for, there is time for sort of, um, how can I say, sort of that solitude within Islam, okay? And and but but that period is literally a maximum of ten days. So mm. I'm talking about the period of itikaf mm. in the last sort of week of Ramadan, where it is permitted um, or encouraged even <clears throat> that if one is able to to kind of seclude themselves uh, and, yeah, and to kind of, yeah, remain with God. But at maximum, that's ten days out of a whole year. So it just shows the sort of the balance. Emphasis. Yeah, the emphasis. The emphasis is there on sort of on meeting people. Go, yeah. but, but there is but there is time but there is time there's you know to sort of reflect and sort of, you know, complete concentration on, on God, you know, almost almost hermit like. But even then it's confined to sort of those ten days. I, again, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's phenomenal because even if we look into <clears throat> the concept of five daily prayers and there's so many yeah. you know, positives that we can take from, from prayers, but just relating it back to this topic like sometimes when you're stuck in your sort of circle yeah um you're around like-minded people and you don't see outside of that bubble whether yeah. it whether it's at work or amongst your friends or you know even if y- you're you're at a certain status at work you stay around <clears throat> yes. you know the, the 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 like-minded sort of that status yeah, yeah. um and, you're, and you're, just, you're sort of great yeah right. and yeah exactly and you don't break out of that and sometimes yeah. that can affect your thinking prayer five times a day you don't know who you're standing next yeah, to, yeah. Um, because you're all at the same level at that point. That's it. It doesn't matter who's wealthy, who's poor, yeah. who's got an amazing job, who hasn't, who's got a big house, who's got. At that point, yeah. Islam is bringing you back together, yeah. but at a level playing field, yeah. and it's reminding you five times a day yeah. that actually, in the sight of God, yeah. which is the most important sight, yeah. you're you're equal. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, the last thing I mentioned, sort of in this area, then, uh, and it's only because it talked about for those who, who are sort of a, a creature of habit and they're kind of stuck in their routines and they should try something new. It reminds me of a really prophetic saying uh, of the Holy Prophet, peace and presence of God be upon him, where, where he said it was quite a famous uh, sort of hadith, hadith being those sort of words, so sayings of the Holy Prophet, where he once said, "Seek knowledge, even if you have to travel to China," and that's quite a remarkable saying at that time because <clears throat> you know if you think about it he's saying to seek knowledge now if you're trying to seek knowledge that's that true spiritual knowledge that you you, you look no further because that that is essentially go with the holy prophet peace be upon him so the fact that he actually said go to china if you need to know so that just shows the value that he that he placed on sort of seeking worldly knowledge there's no um, kind of prohibition. There's no, there's no sort of negative sort of connotations associated with that. It's encouraged, and the fact that he said to go as far as China, once again, it just shows how, you know, it's just further proof that God, who's the creator of all, he knows us because he's built us. He understands, um, you know, the, the 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 temperaments that we can be, and people are different. People, no doubt, are different. And and some people are, some people more have this sort of you know their their sort of outlook in life is very much kind of closed inward as we said sort of a creature of habit, and there are some of those who are complete opposite and you can't just keep them down, and so Islam it caters for both and I just think it's, it's remarkable, you know, um, <coughs> that kind of takes us on <coughs> to 
the second question within this article where it talks about where the heading is the sub sort of subtitle is are you stuck in the past so the article says we are all time travelers of sorts switching our focus between past present and future and this affects how we think focusing on the past can give life meaning um reduce loneliness and boost feelings of connectedness but memories are fallible obsessing about mistakes can overwhelm us and fetishizing some sort of of some sort of golden age can also make us more conservative and less open to new ways of thinking and it gives a good example it says according to research conservatives tend to use more past oriented language than liberals so note for example on on the sort of the trump brexit campaign is they make their slogans of you know take back control you know make america great again kind of referring to sort of a past era so there is this sort of some people people some people are sort of in this sort of past mindset um but conversely so it's interesting obviously it gives the flip side focusing heavily on the present on the other hand can help um um can help sort of you know with rich new experiences but that can come at a potential cost this sort of inherent present bias means most of us will opt for smaller immediate rewards over a greater one further down the line um you know thinking about those sort of buy now pay later deals mm-hmm. and that can be quite dangerous sort of that instantaneous gratification that could lead to sort of you know drug use things like that um so this was quite interesting when i saw this sort of area um you know sort of the the, the challenges that people can face in this and i think you're i think you're right if that this there is this element in all of us i guess this sort of nostalgia of kind of thinking back to the way things once were um and i guess that is a part of human nature you sort of you relate to sort of your youth and we were just talking about it just before the show mm. actually that you know you relate to times back in the day and you kind of look upon it fondly but i think um i don't know i just think it's quite interesting how i think from an islamic pers- perspective you know it's a very much you know the glass is half full type approach it's, one should always be kind of optimistic about the future you know one should never sort of shy away um I don't know what your thoughts generally. Yeah, I, I, I find that um, a difficult one to completely understand because, yeah. again, um, yeah, we we were just talking about the past, and sometimes you you do look back on fond memories. Yeah, I've never really felt it have a negative effect, but just reading this article is just yeah, actually you can see how people can get stuck in the past and yeah. that can prevent them from sort of maybe moving on. But because I haven't necessarily. Yeah. sort of seen that around me or experienced that yeah. um, it's difficult for me to really comprehend it yeah. um, because I've always seen you know o- often I suppose within our societies we sit amongst elders yeah. and they often talk about you know days of the past and your grandparents and, and how it was and they're, they're always fond memories True. and for me yeah. reliving sort of the past has always been yeah. a positive I get that. Um, but I can completely see how you can get stuck in it yeah, um, yeah. Uh, I guess and, and, and maybe that can prevent you from moving on and yeah. and these slogans yeah. they're quite smart aren't they because they're obviously trying to yeah. reach into that soft part of someone's yeah. history yeah. Um, to try and promise them that feeling again yeah. and they're using marketing to do that you know as, as you said make America great again yeah. so it's trying to make people think back to the days when when things were things were amazing or even take back control we see with Brexit and yeah. you know it's trying to give people that false sense of so that's quite smart really but yeah I can I can see how yeah yeah um, nah, yeah no nah, nah, agreed I mean there are there are obviously has it has its benefits but I suppose if you live yeah if you kind of li- if, you, if you're kind of stuck if you're kind of yeah. stuck in that place um, 
Um, whereas I, I think just just from what our faith teaches us, you know, we 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 you know, it comes back to the to, to the principle of prayer. We we very much pray that whatever our next steps are. Are, are, are the right ones yeah. you know there's something uh, this probably is going slightly off tangent but I think it's quite interesting how in Islam there is this notion of the, the articles of faith mm. really interesting kind of concepts about what essentially is faith and faith is for example believing that there is one God you know believing that this God sends prophets you know messengers believing that he sends you know these messengers bring scriptures you know that that guide mankind the reality of angels so th- these principles are, are, are very kind of entrenched within Islam- Islamic thinking. One of those principles is this, is this notion of predestination, and and this I think this is something which how can I say I, it can challenge us, it can challenge the best of us in the sense that sometimes we get so bogged down in oh we can't change the outcome, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. And it's and 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 I think this is I mean like I think it's a show in its own it's right. This topic that, actually. But now that I think about it, but it's one of those topics which it can really, it can actually depress people who, if they're that fixated on, it's hopeless. There's, there's no, there's no choice. There's no, you know, there's no. What can we do? Whatever, I done X, Y, and as a result of which I've got no hope. It's, you know, the future is is is, is bleak. You know, and so Islam sort of teaches this concept of predestination, but. And, and and of course it does because there is an element. It's quite beautiful to the way it's ex- sort of the way sort of it's been explained. How yes, life in a way, God is all knowing, and so in some ways, yes, there is an element of predestination. It has been mapped out. He knows what the next steps we're going to take. But it, but at the same time, I think maybe the way to look at it is almost like I don't know if you kind of going back to sort of maths GCSE days where you, when you were being taught about probability trees. <coughs> These probability trees, if you kind of follow a path, um, <clears throat> you know, you could either, you know, so, you know, you either go this, you know, 50 50, you either go down this path or this path, and, and it sort of goes, you know, leads further to even further more and more decisions, infinite decisions. Mm. And so, <clears throat> you know, God being the know of all those options, all those kind of combinations and permutations, prayer is that, is that mechanism by which if we had taken a bad step or, or, or you know, carried out a bad move, and we are truly remorseful, then you know by by the truly begging God, He has the kind of the power to change sort of what that sort of consequence could be, and that gives that gives one hope. Yeah? I think, um, yeah, something <coughs> I, I think I may have mentioned to you previously. Something I read, or I think it was a podcast I was listening to on Al Islam. Yeah, it was the concept of istighfar, right. um, asking forgiveness, yeah. and, and and for sort of. The deeper meaning, and this this goes to prove to sort of those who believe that this predestination or predestined sort of life and yeah. everything is written, you can't change anything. Yeah. The actual concept of istighfar actually disproves that, and right. the way it disproves that is because it the deeper meaning of istighfar yeah. is that, oh God, please don't through my past mistakes close future doors for me. Yeah. So through previous errors that I may have made, don't put me down a path where because of you know I may have may have committed this sin or committed that sin and you closed uh, and, and and the door for sort of blessings in that area was closed for me. Yeah. But please don't allow my previous sins or my past decisions affect yeah. sort of you know the bounty that can lay ahead. Yeah. And I think it just disproves the fact that if everything was written. Yes. 
and was completely like there's no way of you changing it yeah. you may as well just lay down and do nothing like, because it's all yeah. gonna yeah. happen how it's meant to happen anyway yeah i think it just yeah it beautifully allows you the opportunity of yeah repenting yeah not just asking forgiveness for those sins and, and forget you know forgive me for something i may have done wrong yeah. but also don't let my future be affected yeah. by something i've done wrong in the past and just keep those doors of blessings open i yeah. think that beautifully does sort of um yeah we, we i mean it, it shows once again it, it takes you out the past right yes we're yeah. saying are oh, we stuck in the past but it actually removes yeah. you from the past then. yeah yeah exactly and I, and I think and there's this other side where people when they kind of have these images of of, of the nature of god um this just shows that God is an all-merciful God who has given us free will. At the end of the day, we know we're not sort of we're not, we're not robots. There's and we have this element of free will. So, um, oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. We often we often hear, yeah. Again, just going back to the same point. Yeah, we often hear that you know things are written for you, but that's just simply not how it is. You yeah. know, you God is all-knowing, but you still have the ability to make your decisions. Mm. Um, and you've been given that right and I suppose yeah. in Islam we understand man to be the top of the food chain to yeah. be sort of you know the guardian of, of the world and, and make those decisions to bring life forward and, yeah. and, and, and better the life yeah. so as man we've been given that concept of um, free will yeah. and choice yeah. and I think yeah there's this massive misconception that yeah. you don't have any free will yeah exactly which just takes us on to the third question then in this article where it sort of asks, are you an addict? And so the article um, says we're all vulnerable to temptation, particularly when we're not paying attention or feel bad about ourselves, have fallen into habitual behaviours or prioritise pleasant, present pleasures over future consequences. But there's a point where it constitutes a full-blown addiction, whether it's gambling, heroin, alcohol and many other addictions. So it goes on to say addiction is more than just a binary choice. It says genetics play a part. Alcoholism is estimated to be between 40% and 60% heritable, as does mental health. Some addictive behaviour may also be triggered by primitive areas of the brain, over which we have no conscious control. Um, but the article goes on to say that we can, but we can change things. There was a study looking into drug use among uh, Vietnam War veterans, for example, where it revealed vastly reduced rates of addiction when those veterans returned home to the US and were reunited with friends, family and uh, familiar environments. Drugs might have been a, a, a proxy for belonging in a frightening, uncertain environment, something that could apply to anyone who finds themselves cut off from positive relationships, but it's only by identifying and admitting the faults in our thinking that we can hope to overcome them. Um... The, we, we, we've talked about this in previous shows and this is a show most definitely in its own right um, around the whole sort of science of addiction and um, but this this really is this is a challenge for, for certainly for, for the sort of 21st century um, where there's just so much there are just a, you know addictive behaviours what, what, what's not really I mean there's anything anything and everything um, and that that if, you, if anything, you're seeing a rise in sort of mental health sort of services. Um, it's something that is really is affecting everyone. Um, I'm not. I, I'll be honest. I don't know what the reason why. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's the means. It's the means to access of these things are so readily available. Maybe I don't know. As as opposed to maybe ten, twenty, thirty years ago. Yeah, I think. I think the. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Um, 
why are why are people suffering more and why are why are we seeing a rise in sort of mental health yeah there, there's so many yeah. ways to try and answer that i suppose one of them is this keeping up with the joneses yeah has just become so much as in it, it's yeah you know previously it was one person has a tv and you know you you'll want that tv now through social media yeah it's impossible to keep up with the Joneses. And yeah. so it's inevitable that you're going to feel yeah. that you're not achieving something. And through the means of social media yeah. and the actual concept of this social media, which is to often, more often than not, to highlight your good side, yeah. um, your best assets in life and, you know, um, always a smile on your face. Yeah. And then when reality hits, and, and, and reality is that, you know, life's not always like that, you know. Yeah. There's, there's probably multiple times in a day where you're disappointed or unhappy and experiencing these feelings which you never really see yeah. on social media. So every time you're flicking open, you know, something on social media, you're seeing people are happy. And so then it automatically gives you this feeling of, actually, that's unattainable for me. Yeah. Um, and maybe the rise of, of that is what is making people feel like... Yeah. You know they're they're unhappy and they can never achieve happiness and and yeah. through constantly seeing others who they feel are happy yeah. and doing amazing in life maybe maybe that's one of the reasons why you know mental health yeah um, uh, or the concerns around mental health you're con constantly chasing something I guess yeah something which you yeah you actually can't ever yeah. achieve right because yeah. pure constant happiness does that even exist is like yeah. you know surely you have to have moments and yeah as I said in the day where something can disappoint you and that's a yeah. natural feeling you can yeah. be upset about something that's gone wrong that's yeah. a natural feeling yeah um but i think as humans we've yeah. decided to ignore the other natural sort of senses and feelings and it's just about if you're not happy yeah. something's wrong yeah now this maybe not directly this particular question around how addictions sort of come about but there was a i've got an extract here um taken from a uh, book called Way of the Seekers. This is a book, it was actually originally a speech uh, delivered by the second caliph of the Amdi Muslim community, um, Hazrat Mizab Bashiruddin Mahmoud Ahmed. Um, a remarkable book, um, a book I think was the speech I said I think was delivered in sort of the 1930s. And, you know, we're almost coming up to maybe a hundred years, you know, with certainly 90 years on from that. And the book still is almost like a manual of, of psychology. And there was a section within that book um, where it's sort of entitled, Where From Does Sin Come? So it talks about sort of the nature of sin. And, and, and so the author is kind of, you know, probing into that. So where does it come from then? And so, and, and I'll just read an extract where he says, the second caliph says, here an important question arises. It may be asked with so many encouragements towards a life of virtue, and so many discouragements towards a life of vice, and so much room for improvement, how does vice manage to enter uh, the life of man? And so, and, and he gives, he says, you know, he says the main causes of sin are, are essentially around ignorance. Because he probes that a bit further, the second caliph, and he says, he says, verse, because of ignorance may be permanent or passing, um, he says, the the ignorance can have many causes, and he actually kind of lists various causes of ignorance. And I'll go through some of these, and you, and you start, and you when you look at this, and like I said, you know, like bearing in mind this is a speech delivered by the second caliph, who I think himself was probably in the thirties, 
and um, and when he when he was in his thirties, sorry, and uh, he's actually kind of giving sort of a list of reasons as as to why sort of you know man is sort of you know just humans generally can kind of fall down these these kind of pitfalls. He says, for example, greed, too much greed, blinds a person to many important matters. He talks about um, in t- an intense need for something. He also says bad health can can, can cause issues. He says excessive fear or excessive love or even excessive optimism. Then goes on to say even excessive pessimism, even excessive insistence on anything, also excessive desire, conversely excessive lack of desire. And then he also says there could be the potential for hereditary tendencies. And we'll talk about that in a moment because I find that very interesting that because I think that also kind of comes back to this whole nature-nurture debate as well. But I just find it remarkable that when you look at these kind of aspects of sort of human behaviour, this sort of, if you, whatever the behaviour is, when it goes to extremes, that that's always sort of a, it's, that's sort of a bit of a recipe for disaster. And I feel like that's addiction, right? And if you look around us, I suppose this is something you touched upon at the beginning of the show where Islam always says find sort of the middle ground, right? Um, yeah. And... Yeah, just try and stay sort of in the middle of, middle ground of every don't be in the extreme of anything. Yeah. And I think yeah. it's it's interesting that we we see all around us extremes. Mm. There's either an extreme desire for something, or on the flip side, as you said, there's an extreme lack of desire by mm. sort of groups of society. Um, yeah, they, we're living in a we're living in an era of sort of extremes, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. That's that's the only way to really. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I, f- I find it I, f- I find it so interesting as well. If something is innate, you know, where are you are you born with this and and just understand yeah. how genetic is it? How, you know, are these feelings or thoughts or yeah. you know, we need a doctor in here or yeah. a medical profession to to really. Yeah. Um, but it's a it's a really it's a really. Um, Really, really interesting concept. Yeah, um, exactly. You know, around sort of your critical thinking, your emotional intelligence, and yes, how your, how you, how, what your fiber is really. How, yeah. uh, how, how much of what you're born with yeah. affects, yeah, you know how you're going to be. Exactly. Really interesting. Exactly. And and, but remember that one because I think we're going to come back to that in in, in, the, in the last question, um, around sort of parental upbringing. So um, that's a really interesting point. But just kind of just. I think finishing off on sort of this dealing with addictions, there was a, a phenomenal um, clip that I saw. Um, it was a question that was put to the current caliph of the Amdi Muslim community, the fifth caliph, Hazrat Mizzim Masur Ahmed. Um, and it was in, in various, obviously, as he meets, you know, members of the community world over, and particularly during the pandemic, there was a massive rise in sort of uh, sort of these virtual meetings, which in some ways I guess was quite a blessing, actually. Yeah, sort of, a, yeah. you know, one of the you know, positive things that came out of the pandemic. So, you know, and um, there was a question uh, actually from someone from Indonesia, mm-hmm. and he'd asked question around around this about look, how can one who is struggling to give up bad habits, you know, how can they do that? If, you know, if they've, if they've tried their best, they 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 succeed some days and they fail other days. And the question, the the, the answer that was given, it, it was almost like a step by step. Um, it was it was literally like a like a physician that was kind of giving you know his advice to a patient, 
and 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 I don't believe he was just advising that one particular person. I believe it's an advice for everyone. And 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 I'll go through these steps. And and when you look at these steps, and you think they're so in tune with what psychologists, psychiatrists have been, uh, you know, have been saying. Well, bar the aspects where where you know His Holiness gives sort of that spiritual advice, and, yeah. and we'll come into that in a moment because that I guess is is the crux. It's the key. But he says that first of all, there should be that utter determination to give up the affected bad habit. He says one should then pray to God to free oneself from this bad habit, and that's what I mean. I think that is that is the foundation. Without that faith in God, then what what where are you getting your strength from? The third step he says is to develop a hatred of that bad habit in one's heart. The fourth step was to understand that giving up the bad habit won't happen straight away or in an instant, especially if the bad habit had taken root for a long time. So that's remarkable that there's that sort of acceptance that it will take time. He then says. The, f- the fifth step was to repeatedly recite uh, something known in Arabic as Atawaz, which is seeking God's protection, where you, you know, and we say this every day actually before our prayers. And the sixth step is exactly what you mentioned before, repeatedly reciting istighfar, which is this Arabic term for seeking God's forgiveness. That is a show in its own right, but mm. that word packs so much, you know, it, it loosely translates so into just seeking forgiveness. It's much more than that. It's sort of, you're begging God to kind of you know this acknowledgement that you are sort of in a you are in a defective condition and that only God can cover up those faults you know uh, and you want to suppress that 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 condition and 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 evolve to a higher state all that is sort of packed into that one word of istighfar the seventh step was to repeatedly uh, kind of you know see, you know beseech for God's strength it can only it's only with God's strength that you can kind of pull yourself out um, of this sort of black hole he then said regu- regularity in reciting prayers and, and, and obviously we talked about the five daily prayers results in evil thoughts disappearing and I think that once again it comes back to this sort of habit this is where habits do play a positive aspect um, and then he says the ninth step here was understanding that this you know, t- uh, you know attacking these kind of inner addictions this is the true jihad you know another show in itself another show in itself <laughs> exactly that a, a very misunderstood word mm. and then he says the tenth step was to understand the reality of the three stages of development and this this is sort of a big area where the founder of the Amdiya Muslim community Hazrat Mizar Ghulam Ahmed claimed to be the Messiah Mahdi of the latter days gave a phenomenal speech which is now sort of published in book form called the philosophy of the teachings of Islam where he sort of outlined the three stages of sort of development you know this sort of animalistic stage through to sort of this moral stage, through to this higher, more spiritual, um, you know, being, who's capable of receiving sort of revelation from God, um, you know, and, and so so this appreciation of the various stages is key. He then says the eleventh step was to sort of give charity, um, observe voluntary prayers, and to continually cry, you know, beg and cry to God to remove those bad habits. Um, and then the twelfth step was, you know, f- he says failure to do these things or becoming lapsed lacks in any of these steps results in what he says in results in Satan reoccupying his seat mm. and I guess that is that innermost ego that sort of keeps attacking again and again and I think what's quite beautiful they sort of in, in the advice that he gives to this to, to this young gentleman he says don't think you can become this sort of wise sage this wise person after a few years it is a lifetime effort um, so it's, I just it was a phenomenal phenomenal um, answer that he gave um but this sort of this takes us up to the fourth question around 
what this article says is have your parents messed you up um quite 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 harsh language there quite quite harsh in its tone i should say mm. um but what what it's getting at i think there was a bit of clickbait there i think what it was getting at is sort of these hereditary factors okay um is this sort of is this sort of this nature element uh, as opposed to nurture that you know it, we are sort of been pre programmed yeah pre programmed yeah that's it yeah this sort of this propensity to sort of you know you know, as some, some what this article has said before about sometimes elements of sort of mental health, alcoholism, some of these things could be some traits there. What I thought was quite remarkable is uh, in sort of the research for the show, the penultimate uh, chapter of the Holy Quran is a chapter, uh, chapter 113. Uh, the Arabic is called Al Falak. Okay. Um, and in the commentary of 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 this chapter, it's a very it's a chapter that consists of four verses, as people may be aware. So very small, very small in size, but in terms of what it would have you know what it's sort of its inner meanings. This verse, um, this after the opening verse, you know, in the name of God, the gracious, the merciful. <clears throat> the next verse it says, uh, it, the English translation is, "Say, I seek refuge in the Lord of the Dawn." Okay. Um, and the, the Arabic word uh, falak is, is, is dawn is the, that's the English translation so it says say I seek refuge in the lord of the dawn and the sort of the commentaries that have been given on this on this verse it says here uh, it says a believer is enjoined to invoke the protection of God the lord of, of falak of the dawn and in view of different meanings of this word this believer is told to pray number one uh, it says that when the when the when the night of darkness uh, over Islam has passed away and the morning of its bright future dawns, you know one should pray to to see that sort of that that resonance of you know Islam you know to come back to its sort of heyday. The second principle, and this is what is, is, is completely sort of astounded me, is it says that God might protect him from the hidden and manifest evil of all that He has created, including the evils of hereditary bad environment defective education or other corrupting influences so it's quite remarkable that this prayer has also been you know like i said you know 1500 years ago it's been revealed that packed within that is is almost prayer to god that yes there might be a a sort of a propensity to you know for us or for this individual to behave in a certain way or, or maybe sort of be attracted by certain things and fine maybe the chips are against you but you know to pray to god that you know, he has the ability. He, you know, he can give you the strength to sort of rise above that. You, you asked earlier, why do you think it is that mental health is on the rise and has been? I think this answers it. I think one of the, and it's a massive eye opener for me as well. But it's, it's just something I thought of as you were reading that is believers in God have another option, hmm. and they always have. God who's looking out for them or they have a belief that there is another being who created them and controls everything and can change anything and I think a lot of the time if you don't have that firm belief in God you will always feel alone and so concepts such as hereditary issues is it innate you know is it in my blood you will never think as you've just read out there you'll never have an understanding of the of this concept that actually that can change yeah and actually you have an opportunity to move away from a certain habit or move away from a certain way that you are because you have a god 
who will help you. And I think that's probably one of the biggest issues that we see in society today that if there's not a true belief in God, mm. there's not a true understanding that there's a power above you that can change everything for you. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that, that probably was the summary of the show, actually. Sorry. Right, right there, that's, <laughs> that's quite good. Yeah, no, no, exactly that. Well, well put. There's probably one thing I'd say in this area around sort of upbringing, sort of parental experience, you know, involvement, you know, those experiences from early age. Once again, there was a very profound saying of the Holy Prophet, Hadith, where it was narrated by a companion, Hazrat Abu Huraira, uh, may God be pleased with him, said that the Prophet of God, may the peace and blessing of God be upon him, said that when a man declares about certain people that they are doomed, it is he who consigns them to the doom. This is a very profound saying. This is basically saying, and this is what psychologists were talking about, I think in the 1940s, about a self-fulfilling prophecy. Mm. That, you know, if you're sort of constantly sort of giving sort of negative vibes to your children or the way you're sort of, you know, teaching them or raising them, if you're constantly putting them down, you're kind of writing them off from the start, essentially. You may think that you're doing a good thing, you may, but and I, indirectly it's causing that, that, that inferiority complex. Just actually, just on that, there's um, I can't remember which book it was. I know, you know, we're running out of time, so I'll just be very brief. But yeah. that is why Islam pr places great emphasis on not sort of overdoing it with your children in the sense that don't feel like you are the reason why they will become mm. an amazing person because then you give yourself godly attributes, mm. um, and that's why that's you know th the biggest sin. Uh, is associating sort of any sort of partner with God yeah. and it's you know allow your children to develop um, and and yeah develop sort of organically in that sense guide them obviously be that sort of um, guidance for them as much as you can but never sort of through constant beating or yeah. constantly putting them down and yeah. constantly forcing them to try and think in a certain way because then as you said that self-fulfilling prophecy and they will become yeah. um, their own negative thoughts yeah no, 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 exactly that. Well, only for time reasons, I'm afraid, we have to bring this episode to a close. But before we do, here's a quote from Hazrat Mizar Ghulam Ahmad, the founder of the Amdi Muslim community, who claimed to be that Messiah and Mahdi of the latter days, in which he seeks to show how peace of mind and freedom from our insecurities can only come about once we have truly lost ourselves in God's love. He says, The source of true salvation is personal love for God, which in turn draws his love through man's humility, supplication and seeking forgiveness. When a person carries his love to perfection and the fire of love consumes his carnal passions, then all at once a flame of God's love, which he has for his servant, falls upon his heart and cleanses him of the dirt of his mundane existence. He then acquires a complexion of holiness of God, who is the living and the self-subsisting and all-sustaining, and partakes of all divine attributes by way of reflection. He then becomes a manifestation of divine glory, and all that is hidden in God's eternal treasure is disclosed to the world through him. Since God, who created this world, is not a miser, and his blessings are everlasting, and his names or attributes are never suspended, he grants to the people of the latter days the same bounties that he gave to earlier people, but on the condition of piety and effort. Well, that's it for this week's edition of Pathway to Peace. We're back same time next week. I've been your host, Kaleem Anwar. Thank you to my co-presenter, Shams Najim. 
You can comment on today's programme through Twitter by tweeting at Voice of Islam UK. Peace be upon you. A new station, The Voice of Islam, with live discussions, religion and culture. Understand the true teachings of Islam with The Voice of Islam.